the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And you're listening to Lifeline. The time is 6.04 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, one 367 If you want to call in and chat with yours truly, and Pastor Phil Howard of Valley Bible Church in Pinole, Valley Bible Church in Pinole, we are talking about our upcoming Listener Appreciation Conference. Am I getting it right November 10th? It's a Friday, November 10th, Phil? Yes, at 6.30 to 9 o'clock. Okay. Six. Come right from work or whatever, we'll feed you and give you a good time. Now, do you know, uh, can you uh, convey what, where can one go if they needed to just get more information on that? Does does uh, VBC have... go up on the web, okay. truthfortodayradio.org. Okay. Truthfortodayradio.org. Truthfortodayradio.org. Okay. So you guys heard that. Truthfortodayradio.org. Uh, go on, look up the time, set your time aside for that schedule uh, to get out and be with us on November 10th. I'm going to bring it back up. Hope to have Phil back on the air between now and then just so that we can spur you on. I want to ask you a question as a pastor. That's I'm just This is just an opportunity to do this. If I were to ask you, uh, Pastor Phil, what is the need of the church in our generation today, particularly the Western church? Um, what What is the need of the Western church today from your um, 40 years in ministry now, your perspective as a pastor, um, a minister of the gospel? What is the need of the Western church today? I would say two things. Let me uh, give you the number one by giving you a true story. Okay. A woman uh, visited our church. She was uh, there on a Sunday morning. This was years ago. And she came up, was very emotional. And she said to me, she said, I, I believe that is the greatest sermon I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I, uh, I said, I said, do you know why? You said that, and she she was too emotional. She, uh, she said, "No." I said, "In a famine, even my cooking is good." Right. And I said, "We're living in a famine, sister. All the preaching was today. I'm not the greatest preacher, but you heard the word of God." Right. And I would say. The lack of the Word of God. We've fallen in love with style yeah. and given up substance. Yeah. And hey, everybody, uh, do you need a pair of Levi's and a guitar and got to be young to have church? Friend, we've been around 2,000 years, yep. and it wasn't established on, and I'm a guitar player, and I wear Levi's. I'm and not afraid of either one. That's right. But we got to get a word from heaven. And number two, I would say what Jesus said in... Uh, Revelation 3, there's too much church that Jesus is knocking on the door trying to get in so he could run it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That 
He's not. He's on the outside. Uh, my wife and I visited a church some time back, and she asked me as we were driving home. She said, "Well, how was it to you?" I said, "Well, everything was spectacular. I just missed Jesus." Yeah, yeah. And, and I- that sounds so simplistic. His word and his presence, I think, is the greatest famine we're living through. We've got. Uh, fog machines, we got lights, we got technology, we got bands, and and that's all right. That's a, but if Christ is not running the ministry, and if His Word is not the loudest voice in the place, I think we're in great dilemma. And I think the West is going the way of Europe. Yep. It's becoming in danger. It's becoming dangerous to ever quote what God says on anything. You know what I. The reason why I ask you is because I know that you've had um, many years to look at this and to assess it and that your answer wouldn't be frivolous um, and that it would be coming from a place of sincerity. We are not um, taking an opportunity, as it were, uh, Pastor Phil, to do uh, church bashing. But it is really critical that the prophetic role of the pastor um, be heard and, and to talk about what's missing in our church is to is to be honest about. Um, what's lacking in our church relative to what was working in the first century all the way up through the 18th and 19th century, uh, of which we have the audacity in the 21st century to assume our assert does not need to be there. Um, you stated two things, and it's very important to me, very, very important to me, because I'm a... I'm said to be a young man. I'm 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 arguing with that a whole lot these days. Okay, my grandchildren, <laughs> my grandchildren are, are are affirming me as being papa, and uh, as a papa, I, I'm arguing against that. But when I come up against my senior, my uh, my upline like you, I will accept being called, you know, uh, a young buck. <laughs> exactly. But here, my heart, my heart aches, and I'm I'm just glad I got an upline pastor to talk about it because. You know, I, I I I try to preach very sincerely. I really, really try to preach very you sincerely. Do. You do, uh, Pastor Phil. What what my heart aches to know is that our churches actually really think that we can do this without the Spirit of God and without Christ, because we know how to go through forms and emotions and and Madison Avenue techniques and coy quip phrases that really are rooted more in, uh, to be honest, a sort of a psychological confidence um, uh, rather than a, 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 a real confidence in the simplicity and clarity and sufficiency of the Bible, the simplicity and clarity and sufficiency of the scriptures and the sufficiency of the person of Christ. That's what my heart aches like the woman, the Shunammite woman in the Song of Solomon about the third chapter. She says, saw ye him whom my soul loveth. I'm looking for him and I can I cannot find him. My heart aches because that is so often uh, the problem when you go into a local church, Pastor Phil. Oh, it is it is true. I uh, I would say the death of prayer meetings because uh, self-sufficiency, I, I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1.8. When we were in Asia, uh, we received the sentence of death, which yep. was probably an official governmental death sentence warrant that was never carried out on him. And then he said, 
and we despaired of life so that we would not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And uh, God specializes in raising the dead. And uh, God's church needs reviving. And and no one more than us preachers, but it, there is a great freedom in just admitting your yep. poverty. Agree. Uh, I love what Vance Abner used to say. He said, "Well, I've been shipwrecked on God, and I'm stranded on omnipotence." Yeah. And it's a good place to be shipwrecked. I agree. Uh, I agree. We're, we're in a we're in a vocation of desperate dependence because we can't resurrect the boneyard of human lives, but we represent a God that can. I agree. I agree fully, and I'm 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 gonna let you go on that note with this, um, with this uh, th- this this word of commendation. I believe passionately in prayer. I believe that prayer is the only way that we, God's people, are gonna get His ear, Pastor Fear. I I believe in that. I was I was humbly overcome by this reality some 12, 15 years ago for circumstances I don't have time to um, to express or enumerate. But I believe that the church that actually thinks it can be the church without the posture of committed prayer um, is 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 the greatest scandal uh, on earth. I, I just believe that with all my heart that if we are not praying, we can't expect heaven to open up. We just can't expect it to open up. And God can hope open up the heavens. He can take a cloud. Oh, yes. And he can bring a cloud over you, you us. You can just stay on that theme by the time you come and do our uh celebration you'll be right on target i i think so i i think so i think i think you know and i i know too that this is what we have so i'm going to be praying as i let you go that our audience as we work move towards that day would understand the need for us to gather together to worship our glorious triune god and to uh, have a heart postured for prayer not only for um for for valley bible church and grace bible church but but for the local churches all throughout the bay area all because bay we area. we just but for every man Absolutely. Every church that is preaching Christ, we want God to give them revival and give them divine effects. And we're looking forward to God using you in a great way. Well, pray for me because it won't happen if people don't pray for me. And I know you know that. Listen, I love you. I'm going to let you go and we'll talk real soon. All right. Bye now. All right. Blessings. Got to take a break. All the lines are open, one 367 We can talk about what you want to talk about, but please understand, please understand, uh, to a man, to a man, to a woman, to a family, to a church, just letting you know, and I'm talking to you with my eyes squared in the face of the Lord Jesus, to whom I must answer, uh, a prayerless believer is dead. A prayerless couple is dead, dead, prayerless church. Don't care how many people you got in it. Dead, 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 dead. And if there are some churches that are that that are just broken reeds and smoking flaxes out there, it's a great place to be. Great place to be. Get on your knees and, and, and call on God and do it every day or once a week and get on your knees because what we want is revival. We don't want just numbers. We want revival. We want revival. You know what I pray before I preach every Sunday? And I'm going to let you go with this. I say, God, fill this place with yourself. 
and we'll be happy. Oh, we want people to come from all over the Bay Area to grace. But I have learned long ago that unless God fills the house, the house is not filled even if people are sitting in the aisle. Got to take a break. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. We are back. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Phil. I've got one line open. In fact, two, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll take your calls if you want to chime in on what we talked about, um, or just uh, bring up a topic or an issue relative to uh, to our edification. Let me go to line one before I talk with Lee and Palo Alto. I want to talk with Deb in Oakland. Deborah, thank you for your patience. What's your question or comment or observation? My comment is that if it wasn't for ministries on the radio, many of the people of God would not be fed because many people cannot go to church any longer. Agreed. For whatever reason. You know, I was just thinking about that when you when you got on the line. I was thinking about, and, and you can you can affirm this for us. Um, this is just going to be the way that God nurtures and builds up our brothers and sisters who are um, home written, right? Yes, and also we need to have. Those pastors call us because a lot of times they'll say on the radio, we'll call us, we'll call you back. And then a lot of those people don't follow up. And so we feel isolated. And, and you know, I, I'm, I love the church. I love the individual Christians. But I want to grow. And I want to know that my pastor cares about me as an individual. I want me to grow and is concerned about my growth. Now, do you have who, who do you have uh, a, an actual pastor in the church that you're officially a part of, Deb? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm affiliated with Pinole Valley Community Church in Pinole. Pastor uh, uh, Wright. Okay. Uh, John and Linda Wright. How long have how, how long I I think I remember pa- Pinole Valley. Um, John and Linda Wright. Is it W R I G H T? Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna keep them in prayer because that you know what I'm just gonna be I'm gonna confess for the pastors because they're not gonna confess. Um, one of the marks of sincere and authentic religion is visiting the follow, fatherless and the widows, and the keeping oneself unspotted from the flesh. James has just purged our church for the last three months around legitimate and authentic ministry. So frequently, um, our pastors and, and local ministries preoccupied with the folks that are within the framework of their building or the healthy ones, and not really taking time to minister to um, our brothers and sisters that are in your circumstance. That is... A lot of local pastors in Oakland, mm-hmm. they hear the broadcast, but they don't come and visit the people. They don't really follow up. And we need to know that the local pastor cares about us also. No, I, I am 100% in agreement with you. Um, I, I don't think there's a pastor listening, and many of them sneak and listen to me. Um, I don't think there's a pastor pastor listening to me that uh, would disagree with you at all. So one of the things that we're going to be putting on our prayer list for tomorrow night, um, besides the kind of prayers that we take care take um, here on the Tuesday night program, as you know, um, uh, is to see to it that the pastors actually take Ezekiel 34 a little bit more seriously, and they will know what I'm talking about. 
They will know exactly what I'm talking about relative to what you have stated. And I'm praying that we would move into a greater level of obedience in that regard. Way too frequently, we are just more uh, inclined to the kind of remunerating benefits that come from mobile membership. But you guys, you are absolutely right, Deb. You need you need your local pastor uh, checking in, doing the visitation from time to time, and uh, being able to. The fellowship has to do with food because if you can feed somebody, mm-hmm. then you can have the right to speak into their lives. Agreed. A lot of the people like myself who can't cook. And uh, Pinot Valley is wonderful, but they're 20, 30 miles away. Right. And sometimes they can't meet my need, and I need other people to supplement what they do. That's right. And as you are uh, taking advantage of this radio program, we are praying that that actually moves into um, practical manifestation. Now, you know, you call several times here and on other KFAX programs where the Lord has come through, hasn't he? Yes. So it's- and you know... You need to pray for um, my friend that you recommended calling in, and you know my my friend um, that you recommended somebody call in and give me a meal. Yeah, she did, and then uh, she disagreed with me over her doctrine, and then I no longer hear from her and her husband, and they're angry at me, and and they won't, uh, they have not communicated with me, so there needs to be healing and restoration in that relationship, and I'm more than willing to do that, but I'm not willing to compromise on the Word of God and what I believe is the truth. Right. Well, it's well not knowing who they are and that that anonymity is excellent and it's important. Um, You know, I would encourage believers to understand that um, it should not be an issue where they are going to be charitable and loving um, if they it, it, only if you did, you agree with them on every doctrinal issue. That would certainly not be the the way that we would want it. So if in fact that couple um, are not actually operating out of a biblical principle of of uh, encouraging and lifting up and meeting needs like that, they just don't understand the the, the broadness of the character of Christ in that. Then we want to just pray for somebody else to do it because there. Are many of the saints out there who actually know how to actually uh, do works of ministry. They know how to do it both in character as well as in doctrine, but their job is not to put a stripe down your back and, and bring you into captivity to to what they're believing, particularly if, um, if we're talking about incidental doctrinal truths. Yes, because I, I understand the basic uh, Christian doctors of the uh, uh, place. I've been a Christian since I was 15 years old. And I just celebrated my 65th birthday in March. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, I still I still love Jesus, and he still, the amazing thing is he still loves me. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a, without a doubt. And, and, and let's say, for instance, just for those who are listening, you have an assignment to share with a brother or sister the Word of God, and you may think you have a superior interpretation or a more accurate interpretation of biblical truth. Do you really think that it's your job to try to win somebody over to that truth in one setting or one conversation? Or do you really believe that that's the way you help people understand the grace of God in truth, as Peter, First Peter chapter 5 uh, puts it? No, it takes d- development of relationships 
careful examination of Scripture uh, on both sides of the conversation uh, where we charitably try to work through a doctrinal difference and see where the weight of the truth lies, both in prayer uh, and in patience. Um, But we have to demonstrate charity and love towards one another in that process. And I'm sure you understand that, Deb. Um, That's why you still... That's why you still listen to me. So what I what I what I'm doing, we're going to be praying for God to continue to uh, assist you along those lines. And I know that at our church, we've got your number, right? Um, I hope you still do. Of course, I, I'm pretty sure my secretary, because they're just they're phenomenal. My secretary um, will just will just keep looking for the door to open for people to uh, to to hear the clarion call. Sister and Deb. is it possible for uh Brother Phil to come and pay me a visit sometime. I'm sure that's possible. He's listening, and we we're going to be putting that request into heaven and and see if he will ac- absolutely do that as well. And RC Sproul, you know, he used to be <laughs> out there. Now he's no longer on there. I would like to see him come on and, and along with his son because I was being fed by them, and they're no longer there. Yeah, all of that is the business side of this stuff. I don't have a whole lot to do with with that at all. In fact, I don't have nothing to do with that at all. Here's what I will say, and I'm going to let you go because I need to talk to Lee. Um, You know what? We have to thank God for those seasons where we have pastors who have been faithful to the word of God as Pastor Phil, as well as R.C. Sproul and others, because you know what we look, what we uh, discover over time, uh, Sister Deb? Is that is that God? God begins to recline their ministry and settle them down and prepare them for glory. And we no longer have their voice. And that's why we can't take them for granted when they're here. Yeah. That's, that's just, it's just the truth. I'm older now. As I told Pastor Phil, he still calls me a pup. I guess that's true, but I I'm sensitive to that. We have a time. And once that time is up, those old voices that were anchors to our souls in so many ways are, are, are retreating to a place of quietness in preparation to go to glory. And, uh, and we just have to thank God and pray for the new voices coming up that can sustain, um, a clear clarion sound of biblical truth and, and get ready for those changes. So let's just keep that in prayer. Listen, thank you for the call. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, Lee, you hold on and we'll chat about sports. <laughs> Three lines open. one 888 Give me a call. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. So we're back. The time is 635 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Sorry, I was spacing out. Two lines open. Three, one, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. If you're trying to call in one, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. We've got 25 minutes for intimate talk. If you want to chat with yours, Pastor Jesse, just in on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me take the pleasure of talking with Sister Lee in Palo Alto. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And I'm so glad Deborah called first. Before I get to my point, mm-hmm. perhaps I can ask her to call your secretary uh, sometime during the week and say if she has a J. Vernon McGee solar Bible bus. And if she doesn't, if something like that might be helpful to her, I'd really like to know that. Okay. So now I'll get to my point. Mm-hmm. The reason for my call, the reason for my call is is to shed a different perspective on the issue of the the flag and sports figures. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to say may hurt a lot of people and may anger a lot of people. So I'll try to be as kind as I can, but also as blunt. Mm-hmm. I think sports figures 
especially the National Football League and the National Basketball Association, make too much money because in America and even in Europe, sports is an idol. Sure. And there's a need for viewing, either to live vicariously through seeing these things, through getting aggressions out or aspirations or something. Mm -hmm. Sports is the only place in America where men that can't form a sentence can make a minimum at $800,000 a year and upwards of $27 to $40 million a year. Mm -hmm. They're role models for children that aspire to be just like them and that often injure themselves, getting bad knees, backs, concussions, and that's in high school. Mm -hmm. That's what affects the rest of their life. Our flag is a symbol. And anyone that wants to spit on the flag or Western culture, for that matter, it's fine. But Pence was right to walk out. Showing disrespect for our flag that is supposed to unite us is not okay. And it does not foster dialogue to, say, not want to go to the White House when they're in, uh, invited. And it's, it's just the whole thing just is not right. And I blame, quite frankly... Those people that are actually paying the tickets to make the salaries that high, $40 million, that's outrageous. It's ridiculous. $800,000 minimum for what they do, I mean, it's insane. And it isn't only America. Same thing in Europe and even in Africa. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, sports is just a worldwide idol that needs to be addressed and put in proper perspective. Um, well, let's expand because I, I understand your point, um, although I look at it from a much larger perspective relative to its entrails into our government. In my um, observation about Pence's actually doing the wrong thing has everything to do with understanding his office and role as a representative of the whole nation. And I use the analogy of my children. I had eight as I raised them all um, under the same roof. And it was obviously a challenge when it's just mom and dad raising eight kids. Um, and, you know, it's it's a great day when when uh, when most of them are civil, uh, but you're going to have one or two that will be acting out. Um, and, and the parents can never let one or two of the children or even three out of eight. Um, act out and, and cry and, 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 and change the atmosphere of the house so much so that they basically dictate um, how, how the parents behave. That analogy to me carries over to leadership. Leadership has to be strong and consistent and, and stable. And I don't believe that it does well for those of us who understand the freedom and rights for people to do what they do while not agreeing with uh, necessarily their views or the manner in which they yield them I don't think it's right. I'm not going to – if I'm paying for a football game, I don't. I mean, I just don't. Um, Somebody have to pay for me to go to one. Uh, That's just my value system. But I don't have a problem with people who do. Um, But if I'm going to go to the game, I'm not leaving the game because they bow down or don't bow down or express what they express. And I actually think that the president shouldn't do that. I think that it's not going to be good for what I am recognizing as a growing disrespect um, or or break from – 
um, respecting the office both ways. So, in other words, I don't think it's the Christian view to go tit for tat. I just don't believe believers ought to do that. And, and Pence um, uh, is is unquestionably a man of Christian expression. And maybe Trump might be learning. I don't know. That's another conversation. But I know definitely know that Pence is much more deeply rooted in the biblical tradition. And for him to have done that, I actually believe Lee has more to do with other uh, factors relative to his office and the political entrails that actually take place behind the scenes between what you and I uh, would agree wholeheartedly is an idolatrous system that does hold sway uh, on a level of politics. Um, but for him to move, for me, it would have just been, I would have been so joyously thankful that the president or the vice president donning the football field to enjoy the game with, with American citizens who have a right to do it. <clears throat> um, to me, that would have been just a, a more prudent thing to do. And then to be able to take the microphone from um, one of the sports broadcasters or newsmen and say, so, you know, uh, Vice President Pence, what do you say about those folks that are bowing their knee? And then use that as a platform to discuss his disagreement with their behavior or maybe their uh, attitude or maybe even their argument, um, but demonstrate his love for and commitment to the whole of the country. That's the take that I put on it. And I think that that's also essential as well. I think it's actually more evangelical. I think that the way that Christ laid down for us, how he dealt with not only just wayward and lost sinners, but abject, hostile, um, arrogant, aggressive. Uh, aggressive sinners against himself was to uh, stay the course and dwell among them. And not only that, die on the cross for the wicked and the rich in his death uh, for the for the objective of the recovery of lost souls uh, in terms of, of salvation, which is inclusive of our humanity. And I think you would agree with that as well. No Pence and the president are not Christ at all. Neither is the Pope or anyone else. But I do agree with a Christian approach to the breakdown and disintegration and the, uh, the, the, the loss of civility uh, in our culture. I don't think it's going to be done by us you know, mirroring disagreement and going into separate corners. That's just how I feel about it. I just, something in me says there's probably a much wiser way that those guys can get across to this divided nation that um, we can talk about this, but we don't have to leave each other's space. Well, I think if everybody walked out, they'd have to eat some humble pie because quite frankly, the entertainment (laughs) world and the sports world, these people, just because they can play a game, does not make them all that smart. I agree, but they're not going to do that. It gives them a platform. But I agree, you know but they're not going to do that, Lee. Disrespecting the flag is the issue. That's think, the issue. Well, think with me for a moment, though. I agree with you, but that's not going to happen for one, you know for all the reasons that are just there. Freedom. Freedom does that. It has those kind of liability factors. But not all of the players bow the knee. Well, that's that's fine, but the point is, is that if you can't do a happy dance in the end zone for five minutes, then you you need to have a rule where you stand and show respect for the flag. Well, how you know, how can you how can you enforce that when when you have the constitutional right not to do so? See, this is you know, this is the conflict. When you're in a, a any kind of a work environment, you can't just wear whatever you want if they have a uniform or whatever. If you have a, a, a say a, a somebody in a hospital and you're a surgeon and the guy wants to dress like a clown or something. He can't do that. I agree. There are rules and regulations that you have to follow, like it or not. And if you make 
uh, $20,000 a year or $40 million a year, like some of these sports uh, people, or $27 million. I think the average is about $20 million. You know what? Uh, they're going to have to follow the rules. They like cashing their check. They're going to have to follow some rules. And the point is, I mean, we were always raised in my family where if we saw something that, that was not right, say you're at a party and kids are drinking, you call your parent and you, they, they come and they pick you up and you leave. You don't, silence is consent. Silence is consent. So I strongly applaud Vice President Pence for, for leaving. And frankly, I applaud uh, President um, Trump for tweeting about it because it's like you have your platform would be radio and his platform is a tweet. And not only that, but I get my email directly from the White House every single day. I get so it isn't fake news that's filtered through somebody else's eyes. It comes right from the White House. So now, and you, there's a whole bunch of, of, of solid sources that you're getting. Well, so, I, you know, I actually appreciate Trump's authenticity. I don't always agree yeah. with him, but I'm. But see, here's the thing, and I'm going to let you go on this. Um, just like you are expressing your viewpoint. And many, many people listening would disagree with you, um, uh, and there would be a spectrum of disagreement because a portion of it I certainly agree with. That's our constitutional right, and it's not going to be – it just not – it's not going to happen that we have to, by compulsion, uh, honor the flag in that form. It's just not going to happen, not under our present constitutional um, uh, uh, freedoms. It's just – that's well, just not going to happen. Could be, they could be fired. They, it's, not it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That would be that. Those would be lawsuits. Court. Those would be lawsuits. That's just not the way to go. That's not. That's grace doesn't work that way in saving us. It just doesn't work that way. You know that. You're talking about the world, and you're talking about believers. There's two different sets of rules there. Believers, in one sense, it's not. You know that. Hold on, Lee. No, it, we Lee. live in a world where we live a in a we, we live in the world of God. We yeah. live in God's world. We're all human beings. We possess the Imago Day. God has given one law for the whole of humanity that some of us are walking in grace. It's a specialty that occurs, but we are all obligated under the same rules to walk in God's commandments. And he has chosen in his inimitable way that the best way for him to be able to have s- some of the mass of humanity to be a partaker of his eternal glory is, is a matter of grace. The law is certainly going to send massive groups of people to hell is just going to do that. And, okay. and, 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 and for us to think that if we make it compulsory, it's just, that's a little, uh, that's well, a little I bit extreme. Mean we, it's not a law, American law that we do. I'm saying the team owner, the team owners, that's what I'm talking about. In terms of real flags, it's the flag of Jesus and every knee will bow to the flag of Jesus or bend. But, but, but until that time, which has not happened yet, um, you know, we have, we have respect for the countries where we have been placed. And the United States of America, for all its flaws, a lot of people still want to come here. And there's a reason for that. And I think that we need to show respect and we need to be uh, proactive in terms of being constructive and not destructive. And these illiterate uh, so, see, when you do that, Lee, 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 that's not good. What you it's did true. is not. No, it's not good. 
It's What's not good. Not Sister, good? it's not good. You what? have you overgeneralized. It's not good. I can tell you now I'm listening to all of the very intelligent and smart people who are who are objectively listening to the way you have repeatedly uh, uh, spoken and ad hominem against many of the players. That's not the way to do it, sis. It's an idol. It's, it's an idol I know, but you are, are but the way you're talking about it, you're disqualif- you're discrediting your legitimate aspect of the argument by the manner in which you are conveying it. And I, I, I agree with you well, in, in I'm a good. Passionate about showing respect for the flag, but it's not. This is not a, a It's not about passion, Lee. This is not about passion when you repeat over and over again uh, the inability to illiterate. Uh, in a bill. It's not so. It's not so. It's not so. The vast majority of those guys can get on the microphone and become very eloquent in what they have to say. You're only uh, talking about a know. small, you're talking about such a small microcosm. Sister. Listen, worth $40 million. That's another cotton. That's another subject. But let's admit that we don't want to make caricatures overgeneralize and then ask for our point to be legitimately taken into consideration. I, you know, I just, that's where I'm at. I've been in the book of James for several months teaching our church that we need to be prudent with our words careful with our speech so that when we set forth arguments people don't discredit us because we have not been fair to the representation of it and i'm just here to tell you the vast majority of the guys in the league the vast majority of the guys in the league are very intelligent they are graduates of colleges you don't have 60 70 percent of those guys walking around like buffoons it's just not well, so it might have ones that are standing to show respect for the flag uh, see, I don't know if you know the stats. Listen, I got to take a break. Thanks for the call. Bless you. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. The time 6.53 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I do have a couple of lines open if you had one of those questions or observations that you want to make. one 367 one with all of the controversy that surrounds our president, his administration, uh, and many of the challenges that are taking place in our society, uh, personally, from 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 your yours truly perspective of what's going on in our society. I, I, this is largely for me, just for me, um, actually a great opportunity, as I was trying to state, how do you take a difficulty and uh, and be biblical about it, be evangelical about it, be Christian about it, and be wise about the complexities of things that are taking place. Um, it really does require objectivity, uh, really reading a thing through and, and finding the best angle at which to seek to achieve the goal. I mean, it really, 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 really does. And if we can uh, acquire it, then let's have the conversation within the context of a uh, pluralistic society, um, a free society. Uh, discourse, civil discourse, disagreement. Hey, that's cool. We don't have to leave each other's space. I'll let you um, air your position and then I'll air mine. And those who are listening can determine whether or not uh, we demonstrated a balanced presentation. If not, uh, won an argument. Uh, I think that's a wonderful place to be. Um, but the issues that are often brought up are far more complex than uh, than, than than we want to uh, admit. Let me go to line number one and talk with uh, Yvette in Los Gatos. Yvette, what's your question? Question, observation, or comment? Well, I actually have a comment about um, the free society, and I, I feel that we all live in a free society if we're living in America, and we should all be treated freely. And I 
for one, um, and for uh, the players taking a knee. Sure. I have two boys, two African-American boys, 14 years old and 17 years old, been stopped by the police just walking down the street. Let's not forget why they're taking a knee. They're not taking a knee to disrespect the flag. They're taking a knee because they want the same treatment as others. I agree. I mean that that wasn't evaded that wasn't evaded by me at all and that's why I don't take any issue with um with what they are doing because I don't e- I don't equate them uh bending the knee with spitting on the flag or disrespecting the country etc as much as I respect those who have fought for our country I don't agree with uh President Trump with his you know cuz you can frame an argument and it's really just you know it's going to either just float into the ether or it's going to speak to people who are already in the choir with you and it doesn't necessarily mean the way you frame that argument is really dealing with the real issue but you being uh the mother of two african-american boys you're talking to a pastor who's african-american and been african-american for 57 years and are you kidding how many times i can i can tell you that i've been pulled over and and uh, not so much as harassed um as uh as just um they did it out of just kind of uh the the ability to do it and had no ground for it. just just did it and did it and did it because I was in fact uh, driving while black and it was evident to them as well as to myself but you know being smart enough having grown up in the hood and having had police officers who notoriously beat us down when we were youth um, knowing that I wanted to get on home to my family you just you kind of just hold your hand on the steering wheel have the conversation and uh, try not to drive places where they could do something that could be harmful to you but having said that my dear sister I've got brothers and sisters that are part of my church and other churches that I know who have been police officers for decades, retired that way, who can share with us how they have had a great uh, citizenry relationship uh, where none of that has ever occurred. But they will quickly also admit that exactly what you and I are describing has gone on and is going on right now. And they're believers. So okay. and, and and I get that, and I do have police officer friends as well. Sure. And you know, so there are two sides to every story. But I, I just the caller prior to me calling, saying that people in the NFL can't form a sentence, and I found that very degrading. And I, I, you know, a lot of the people in the NFL are African American, and I just found that degrading. But. Right. It was it was completely it was completely uncalled for in that regards. And and, and, but see, you know, Sister Yvette, I'll be honest with you, and I love doing talk radio. Um, I've said it so many times for years that our Christianity must always rise above politics and nationalism. Otherwise, it's going to descend into the same diabolical hostilities that are irrational and really aren't built on solid premises. And and this is a Christian radio station and I'm a pastor, so I'm just not going to let the standard lower for us just because we're upset about something. Oh, that's right. That's that's true. And I'm a Christian and, and yeah. a devout Christian. Right. Um, so I, I understand. I just had to to speak on that. Maybe I expected it. Listen, I ex- love your show. Yo, thank you. No, I expected it. I expected that call. We only got two minutes to go, but I expected it because we're in a free country, and that that voice that you just shared, Yvette, had to be shared because this is how we strike the balance. We still love Lee, but you know that 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 expression was uh, that wasn't gonna get it. Bless you, my sister. Got to take a break. Lord willing, we'll see you all next week. 
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.